0: it is money in the bank season which makes no sense but here's a bald guy wearing some glasses that are only half fair so sometimes in life things just don't make sense it is super cool for us british idiots though because this pay-per-view premium live event is heading to our shores this never happens i'm so damn excited it does feel like we should talk about some secrets though because the internet loves that so yes hello i am simon from what culture this is 10 things you didn't know about money in the bank Probably. 10. It wasn't the most successful gimmick pay-per-view. So in terms of gimmick pay-per-views, premium live events that are still around, Money in the Bank is one of the last ones standing, because Hell in the Cell is gone, Fatal 4-Way is gone, TLC is gone, and Breaking Point is gone. Don't forget, at one time or another, Vince McMahon saw Breaking Point as his submission pay-per-view before he went... I don't really like submission matches, we just got rid of it. There is the elimination chamber as well, but that's still ongoing, so we'll put that to one side. And no, we're not going to include the Raw Rumble. That has reached a brand new top, and nothing is ever going to be able to top it, except for Wrestlemania. The thing is though, if we do jump in a time machine and go back to a day when pay-per-view buy rates were the thing, even though we all love Money in the Bank and it is still standing, thanks Elton John, actually wasn't one of the more successful ones. Because from 2009 to 2013, when WWE were absolutely obsessed with these, Hell in a Cell did 300,000 buys, 210,000 buys, 180,000 buys, 199,000 buys, and 200,000 buys. The briefcase event in comparison though, from 2010 to 2013, did 162,000 buys, 195,000 buys, 188,000 buys, and 199,000 buys. You can't argue with that, it's maths. In fact, the only time it actually outdrew its anger and more brutal brother was in 2011. We all remember what happened in 2011. It was CM Punk versus John Cena when Punk went, I've won the WWE title, goodbye. Although with that said, number nine, Money in the Bank 2013 actually outdrew that show. I mean, fair play all around. Now, let's not take away what CM Punk did back in the summer of Punk, because it was a brilliant storyline that made you go, well, I know most wrestling is fake, but when it comes to this narrative, I'm not 100% sure. That's good booking. As already mentioned, 195,000 people bought this pay-per-view, but when you got to 2013, that number jumped up to 199. Now, this could be because by that point, everyone was like, oh man, I love the money in the bank. Or, it could be down to Mark Henry. That's right. Because this was the period where he did come out in his salmon jacket It was all like, oh man, I'm going to have to retire before he absolutely spanked John Cena. Shouldn't use the word spanked, it never works. So maybe that feud actually captivated people. I mean, we still do talk about it today. Mark's runner's champion around this time was also like, hey man, you're doing good work, and it just goes to show. Mark Henry had all the insults thrown at him to begin with, but he found his place, and he became... Damn good pro wrestler. Number eight, Cody Rhodes was meant to win it twice. And we wonder why he got annoyed and left. And we are, of course, talking about Cody's first run in WWE, which is also when Vince McMahon said to him, hey, Rhodes, come here. We're going to let you drop the Stardust gimmick. And he turned around and went, nope, we're not. I've changed my mind. You're going to be Stardust forever. Great. So this was the same in 2011, too, when the future American Nightmare was told, oh, hey, you're going to win money in the bank, where once again, plans changed. And why? Who knows? Tony actually even told this to premier wrestling journalist Alex McCarthy. (laughs) Do you know what happened 12 months later? That's right. It happened again. This one too wasn't changed until the day of the damn show. And can you imagine that? You'd be going into the building. You'd be so damn excited. Don't know what this is. Be like, oh my gosh, I'm about to become Mr. Briefcase. Then it gets stolen away from you all sad in your tongue Number seven, Dave Meltzer isn't biased. <laughs> so there go the comments. <laughs> Lovely to see you. But the ongoing narrative, especially in 2023, is that Dave Meltzer loves AEW and he hates WWE. Now, I listen to the Wrestling Observer Radio podcast thingamajig, and I don't think this is true at all. Maybe a little bit with New Japan, but that's okay. You are allowed to have your favorites. The point is, if we do go through every single Money in the Bank ladder match that WWE has ever done and take in the star ratings, which always cause controversy, Big Dave has always been very kind about it. Because the 2021 entry got four and three quarter stars. 2019 got four and a half stars. 2018 got four and a quarter stars. 2017 got four and a half stars. And 2016 got another four and a half stars. Do not forget, this is from a dude who often talks about ladder matches and says, oh, not really my type of thing. But even if we go back to the year 2015, it still got three and a half stars. And in fact, the lowest it ever got was three and a quarter stars. Now look, I totally understand. Star ratings are just an opinion. It's not the be all and end all. But I mostly wanted to throw this in there because the internet will go mad. But also, it's true, a fact is a fact, and this is a fact. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Number six, Jeff Hardy was also meant to win Money in the Bank, which does make sense. I mean, it's Jeff Hardy. We go back to WrestleMania 24 with this one, when it was actually CM Punk who grabbed the briefcase. And don't forget, around this period, is when all of a sudden you could win Money in the Bank, but you still weren't presented as a top guy. It was weird. It was mostly because by 2008, the World Heavyweight Championship wasn't really a main event title, and instead WWE was putting it on guys that otherwise may never have won the thing. Well, actually, there was a benefit to this. I suppose it's an argument to be had. According to Matt Hardy, though, when this match did go down, originally, do you know who was in the winner spot? I mean, you do, because I've already told you, but it was Jeff Hardy. Speaking on his podcast, Matthew said the only reason this didn't go down is because of Jeff's personal issues. And if you go listen to Freddie Prince Jr.'s wrestling podcast, he also talks about how he was tasked around this period with turning Jeff Hardy into a superstar. So there you go. But it is the easiest way to do this because the briefcase gives you power. Very sadly, we all know some of the things that Jeff did go through. So I just hope he's happy and healthy now because as good as wrestling is, it is the most important of the least important things. Number five, Mustafa Ali was going to win it too. But plans change, pal. A lot. It's also a really sad story because don't forget this kind of thing did happen with Mustafa Ali a lot. I mean, he was meant to go on to WrestleMania to fight Daniel Bryan. Then he suffered a concussion, which is when Kofi Mania was born. You really never know what you're going to get. In 2019, he was also meant to win the Money in the Bank briefcase because Mustafa once again sat down with premier wrestling journalist Alex McCarthy and he told him, And amazingly, he only learned this wouldn't be happening when he was walking to the ring. And nobody told him who was going to be victorious. They just said something's going to happen. I mean, how does anybody deal with that? His anxiety must have been through the roof. As we now know, it's because Vince McMahon had decided to send Brock Lesnar out there to win the damn thing. And look, I would have loved it if Mustafa Ali had gotten this. But it did give us Boombox Brock. It's kind of hard to choose between the two. And before the dropping success rate, there was a time that if you did get this briefcase, you were probably guaranteed to become a world champion. And then one day, Damien Sandow lost his opportunity, and it was like, hot damn, we did it. It was odd because the likes of Edge, CM Punk, and Rob Van Dam had benefited from this massively. So you think WWE would have gone, well, we're on to gold here, friends. Maybe we should just keep it going. And we kind of did that, but as we've already touched upon, we also kind of walked down a different path. Because all of a sudden, we were almost treating it as a second-tier thing. Because even when Daniel Bryan won it in 2011, once again, was he presented as the top guy? The answer is no. In that same year as well is when we had Alberto Del Rio cash in. The less said about that one, the better. Even when Dolph Ziggler had his amazing moment with it in 2012, he was still never pushed as a tippy-top main eventer. This is one of the reasons, eventually, some people did sour on it... It didn't feel like the tool that it used to be. And of course, there's still been loads of highlights, like when Big E won the thing and became the world champion. But we all remember that reign. WWE didn't do right by him at all. I still want the company to have more fun with this, though, even if it means wrestlers going after secondary titles. And that makes everyone go, no, we don't want that. But it comes down to the story. Like if Sheamus became Mr. Money in the Bank, was like, I'm going after the Intercontinental Championship because I've wanted this for years. We will go, well, that makes sense. That's all you need in wrestling. I mean, it's on every flipping week. Do whatever you want. Number three, this incredible stat. Have you ever felt like the Money in the Bank winners cash in on the same night a lot? Well, you're not crazy. You're just seeing it with your eyes. And this is very true with the women's version. Because amazingly, it is only Carmella that ever had a lengthy reign with the thing. Which begs the question, what the hell are WWE doing? This was in her grasp for 287 days before she did cash it in to beat Charlotte Flair but everybody else is totally impatient and as soon as they get hold of it, it's like, man, I must cash in now. I mean, when Alexa Bliss won it in 2018, she went and used it almost instantly against Nia Jax. And then one year later, Bayley did the same thing against Charlotte. 2020 was totally bizarre because it was the pandemic era. So 24 hours after Oscar went it, Becky Lynch walked out and just said, oh, hey, surprise, you're actually the champion now. And when Nikki Ash got the thing in 2021... She waited 24 hours and then she cashed in on flair. You were another deal with 2022 because it is in your memory banks because Liv Morgan was victorious. And that's right, she found Ronda Rousey later and beat her. So whoever wins it this time, at least give them a few weeks. Otherwise we're just doing the same thing over and over again. It gets a little bit drab. Number two, Vince McMahon makes the right call. So if we do go through Google and do our research, it sounds like the two people that deserve the most credit for coming up with the Money in the Bank match are none other than Brian Gewurz and Christopher Jericho. Do you wanna know who suggested actually having the physical briefcase though? That's right. Was Vince McMahon. Now it does make sense, because McMahon has always been a visual kind of a guy, but actually this prop told the audience, wow, maybe I should care about this individual, because look how much they love this thing. Also, I understand the importance. After a while too, we learned to keep an eye on said superstar, because if they did run out there with the damn briefcase, it was like, oh my gosh, it's gonna happen as we waved our hands around like Kermit the Frog. You do have to give props to Vince there, He's made the right call. Number one, the low injury rate. Now this is really interesting, because even though WWE guys go totally bonkers in these matches, when you actually go through it year to year to year to year, unless it's been kept a secret, everybody has walked away relatively unscathed. I'm not trying to pretend that they're going to be in 100% health, because my gosh do they put themselves through it, which is a reason wrestlers like John Moxley always go, I don't want to... Do a ladder match. That looks like it sucks. And this is a guy who will bleed within 10 seconds of the ring bell. In fact, the only time we did have an injury was in 2011 with Sin Cara. That was actually a story thing because good old Sin had violated the wellness policy. So he was getting suspended. I want to point out that this is a very, very good thing because health and happiness is the most important thing in the world. And long may it continue. Although I always do get a little bit worried about these things because the bar keeps getting raised no idea where it's going to stop. Nor anything else that people may not know about the Money in the Bank pay-per-view premium live event. Make sure you let us know in the comments below before you like the video, share the video, and subscribe. And click the video on the screen right now to get another lovely list. My name is Simon What Culture. Thank you very much for joining me as always. Remember, you can come say hello at WhatCulture WWE and sign at Simon 316. And we have a website with all the rest of the news. Just go to WhatCulture.com. But above all else, have yourself a lovely little day. See you soon.